Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Celtic Now and for our podcast. My name is Ryan Crawford. This is the Reaction Podcast, and obviously the now ex-Celtic manager Neil Lennon has uh, left his post at Celtic. Um, I'm joined by John Crawford and Robert Boyle. John, how's things, mate? Good, Ryan. Good to see you. And yourself, Robert. How's things, mate? Hi, fine, thanks. Well, obviously, lads, uh, we all know why we're here uh, tonight. Uh, the Reaction Podcast, uh, Neil Lennon has resigned as manager. Um, can I, we were all kind of expecting it maybe at the end of the season. Um, again, it's maybe about time, maybe four months ago it should have happened, but it's, it's happened and we just need to kind of deal with it now and hopefully the next few, few weeks we can uh, build on, obviously, Get better results and hopefully get the woodwork the new managers came in. Obviously, John, um, your, your thoughts on obviously the announcement uh, this morning? Right decision, be, be new to go. All accounts he should have left a while ago. Um, people talk about his reputation being tarnished, not at all. Celtic uh, legend, managed the team twice. Fair bit of success between his two spells his playing career, but absolutely the right decision to go. Whether he was pushed or he fell, don't know. And obviously, Robert, we have spoke about him a lot recently. Um, we've spoke about it was probably going to happen. We didn't really expect it yesterday or this morning. Um, but what's your kind of thoughts about the announcement and obviously the timing? So, uh, I really did think it was inedible. I didn't think he would have seen by it, to be honest with you. There's no manager really in Celtic's history will get beat twice in the one season, knocked out a couple of Frost County and then beat in the league when they're rock bottom in the league and survive it. To be honest with you, I think it was only a matter of time, but I think the Celtic board didn't want to give in to the fans um, with the protests and stuff like that. They wanted it in their own accord, but yeah, really doing that, they've left it too late in my opinion, but obviously... I'm hoping that's a step in the right direction, but I don't feel he was the only one to blame for it. I feel John Kennedy and Gavin Stratton should have went it also. But whether that is down to a new manager coming in the summer that's agreed that we don't know about and they need somebody to take us to the end of the season, we'll just need to wait and see on that one. Because obviously, John, um, we kind of spoke that say, when we won the, the, the treble treble that why was he actually announced as manager? It was a bit of deflation and it's kind of carried out to this season and 
to be on end always, most of the fans were very aggrieved that he got the job in the first place, but we kind of went right, we'll give him the chance. Can't really argue with last season, we done well, done all right in Europe, um, won what we had to win. But then you could see for the summer, the early signs were no what you would maybe expect for the way we were going to the 10 in a row season. But if you think about it, it's the same every season. You don't get your signings done early. Company Champions League qualifiers are struggling. Players you sign on their fit are not even selected. It's happened last year, didn't it? Who was it? Julian and... Beaton. Ball and goalie. Ah, oh, ball and goalie. Aye. Aye. Correct, aye. The two of them didn't play in a qualifier, which was very strange. But see, we, we never did well. We're dealing generally. Well, the work starts now, doesn't it? And try, and, try and start the work now, preparing for next season. Because as you, as you say, there, that every summer we've, we've always got a, a pedding, a centre-half, it's, it's not really the pedding we, we always have, and we should have going into the season. Our dealings are always very slow and it takes us, it takes us two or three months to get a deal done. Um, it was the same the summer, love it, wasn't it? Yeah, it was... We'll talk about obviously the start off for the, the summer, the, the free fall of the season, the signings, um, Foster didn't happen. Um, obviously, Yeti, we're talking about getting Tony. Yeti was Arco come back to his, and then I've taken away that, but Arco come now. It was, it, was, I, it was just, and then obviously, Tumble signed another. It was just, it didn't really start. Obviously, if you look at the hindsight, you thought, right, I've got him in, spent a bit of money. Let's just kick on, bring in Shane Duffy. But when you look back now, Robert, it wasn't very good when you look in hindsight now. It wasn't the best of windows, considering that some of the guys hadn't played football in a long time. Well, I'll go through what I think it, what happened with the signings. I think they thought Foster was a certainty. It didn't happen. They scribbled on. Got Barkas in. They obviously had a good pedigree, had a good clean sheet record. I we thought good signing. I thought Shane Duffy was going to be a good signing, I know nonsense centre half again, but he's, he wasn't getting a game with Brighton, so these things normally tell in factor. All right, it's a Premier League, but if you're not getting a game with Brighton, then well, I'm not good enough for Brighton, I'm not good enough for Celtic, are they? Erwin Hussey brought him in again, had spells, looked he was good. This season's probably similar, looked like he was good, but telling factor for me was they didn't. They got, get rid of Scott Sinclair, they get rid of Sved out and Moan, and they bring one guy in. Mikey Johnson was out for the foreseeable, we already knew that. So we realistically, we started the season with two wingers. We get one of them injured, Forrest quite early, and then everyone else, I don't know, he's played every position in the park, isn't he? He's never played left wing at a run of games, but he's still one of the top goal scorers. Um, and when Forrest get injured, we had no natural wood. We had nobody good in the wings, which was baffling. Obviously, we didn't sign a winner. Again, we, we gambled in the Champions League qualifiers. We beat on at centre-half for the third season running. Um, I think Dominic Mackay came in, Lennon leaving, hopefully the other two are leaving at the end of the season. There's a structure in place, as your dad said, and it's done the new. Everything's getting done behind the scenes now because if we wait to the summer, 
and we we double the double a good and then the guy comes in, then he might have missed it in two players that he's identified right away. It could just be another season of mishaps. They don't want to make the same mistakes that we've made this season. There's obviously John talking about as Robert says about Shane Duffy. We we will be working a buzzing. Yeah, uh, it was coming in. Cam Ireland, experienced, a Yeti, played with Basel, scored some goals in Europe for Basel, done decent well in Usi at Basel. Farkas, you're talking about the goalkeeper, played in Champions League, played for Greece, a lot of caps, plenty of experience. Tumble, we all know about him. Laxalt, AC Milan, you're thinking, pedigree-wise and own form, they look decent players and they're coming for big clubs, but then as Robert mentioned, you look into it. Laxalt wasn't playing with Milan, Duffy wasn't playing with Brighton, I yet he didn't get ball for West Ham, Tumble's come up for a bad injury, but to be fair, Tumble's been a bit of success. So you're thinking... Really, was it a good transfer when they knew you're saying no, but it was really just, it was a car crash situation where you're getting that, but you were getting the signings really after you were basically out of Europe. And again, we're slow dealing with transfers, John. The surprising thing is you didn't lose any players in the summer. Um, You thought you might have lost a couple of big hitters, mainly Edwards. Um, as I've said to you, I think seeing future, strike well the iron's hot. See if you've got somebody that's worth 40 million, sell them. Just sell them and buy somebody else. And there's a conveyor belt of talent in there. You just go and get somebody else. That's what you do. Tell me, you'll, you'll not get much for Edward now. You'll still get decent money, but you'll not get what you, you would have got last summer. I think we have. Uh, I think we've spoken about an order, but haven't we, that last year Edward would be talking 40 million, now we may get 20, maybe 15, maybe try and get a selling cause off it, because we don't know if PSG or the rumours through that if they've got a selling cause. So if that's the case, we need to try and get as much as we can from them. I don't think we would ever get 40 million to Edward, well, I'll be honest right away. I don't think. I think you're maybe talking in the 26, 27, 28 bracket. I still think you'll get 20 million quite easily for them. Because he is young, he's a goal scorer, he's everything he is. I mean, he's talented, there's no doubt about it. And with a right team, he'll flourish. Because um, I think, I do think you know, people will look by having what really, no, no the worst of seasons, but no the best of seasons, especially the boy having COVID and stuff like that. I mean, there's no really many big hitters in Europe in the that's setting ahead of the light as a Lewandowski at Bayern. There's like very few and far between. Messi scored a couple and Ronaldo scored a couple, but none like their usual standards. So as you see, if you look at it, look at the people the people at the top of the leagues in Europe, it's a strange, weird season. Mm-hmm. Football is strange this year because of what's happened. So I think you've got to look by six months. And I do think you'll get still 20 to 25 more that, but I hope so anyway. I don't think Celtic would accept any less, to be quite honest with you. Um, but what your dad was saying is replacing. We need to get rid of these prospects at 18, always got to be good in three years. We need to buy players that are 24, 25, 26, that have done it, ready to come in and improve us as a team. Buying these guys like Kamara and Ayet, no, I wouldn't say Ayet because obviously Ayet's not really a prospect, but Kamara's and Bios and all that at two and three million and maybe Spades. 
and try to turn them into a twenty million pound player. That happens one every ten. We need to buy players ready to come in and improve us and make us better. All the other parts. No, I totally agree, mate. Totally agree. Um, when it comes to that, we paid what eight million pounds for Yet in Kamara. I know maybe the guy Tony, you don't know if he would come to Scotland score goals, but the championship, as we know, is a hard league. I know maybe Cookie's down there and he's going goals, but that was a few years ago, Cookie was at us. So the guys that I got assist, we're talking 30, 40 million pounds to Arsenal for him now. Um, again, I'd, on hindsight, I'd maybe have signed him, but I'd, I was a big advocate of saying no because he. Ten million pound for whatever it is of a quoting for a League One striker didn't really make sense at the time, but now you're thinking maybe it did. But again, you can't live on obviously the past. Maybe on hindsight, hmm? you know how much they got him for. Is it no six or something? Seems like yeti. Yeah, I don't. So, but yeah. When you're um, if that was if, if you know if you think that now, then I have signed them. Um, but I do agree with you that. We need to do things quicker and then there is Kamalas and Bios, Shevd, same guys for the new, obviously. As, obviously that's what we spoke about as well, but as, that's what your scouting system's made for to pick these wee gems here and there, but you get guys into the new and you might sign a wee, a wee gem two, three years' times in the first team. Um, and I think this year coming up, I think we just need to buy guys that are for the new and it's going to improve as the new. 100%, thanks. Can I agree with that? Obviously. See for every, see for every bio, Klamala, Puke, Bangura, whatever it costs between two and four million. See for every four or five of them. If you had that money up, spend the money, you'd get an outstanding striker for that. Mm-hmm. Top striker. He might not be top range, but you'll have the, the wages as well. And the transfer fee to pay for that, and that would progress the team. If you've got a, a quality striker, ready-made, as you say, no prospects, ready-made, proven track record, it would get you forward. And hey, where do you want to be as a Champions League? Not? Well, obviously, well, obviously, aye. obviously the Ferenc Faros, uh, the Champions League exit, um, again, we signed, we signed players, Danny Fuerum. Um, it was a, it was poor. It was very, I know we were all on, in the game, we were, we were on top in the game, but we didn't really create a lot. Um, missed a few chances and then we, we get the sucker punch to make it 2-1. But then obviously, Robert, that was, for me, that was a game where after these, after these comments, it should have went. Because for me, right away, that for me, if I was a player, I'd have totally lost living for him. You can't, you know, these days that, Football's changed, and you, you should you should be able to allow to come out and slaughter guys. But these days you can't because players are just different animals now. Yeah, you're right, Ryan. It's um, he did he flung the players under the bus um, after Ferran's Farris, and I don't think the players reacted the way he expected them to react. Yet. I think he expected them to come out and prove a point and say to him, "Oh, I'm here, and I'll I'll prove to you that." I'm no, I'm no at least Celtic because that's what he says. There's a few of them at least. I'm making a lot of noise about it. I think he expected a different reaction, whereas I think a lot of lost respect from after that, definitely. Um, but I mean, if you didn't want to come after that, you could have waited to we get beat at home with Rangers without a shot and target. I mean, that's a sackable offence right away. 
or you could have waited to Sparta. Prague game, home or away, sacked him then, but I don't know what the thought process was behind. When you have some of these horror results, like some of the right, right horror results we've had in the last decade, there's alarm bells ringing that tells you he's not going to recover for this. You know what I mean? It's like a heavyweight boxer. He can take a few punches, so many, but he's dazed after a while. He's not going to, he's not going to recover for it. And that's just the way Neil Wynn and Celtic have been, to be quite honest, the way the season's been. It's, they've been dazed to issues of COVID, no gelling as a team, no playing as a team, and the players want to leave. And the warning signs was there for a while. It's individuals, I would say, were not as a team as back to when we were under Rodgers and stuff. That's my thoughts on it. Would you agree with that as well, John, that when it comes to, obviously, Neil Lennon, obviously the players have got to take responsibility, but if you're playing under a manager that's going to come out and lambash in the public, then it, it doesn't look good in-house. Nah, they, they weren't United, weren't they, no? Uh, it was a split. The chain was broke, and there was only one thing that was going to happen after that, and that wasn't a good prospect, was it? It was only going to be downhill. So, or Lennon would have had to have left and it didn't happen so as we've said on here before um, it's going to get worse before it gets better and I still think there's plenty of time yet this season for it to get worse even though he's away it's, the mood's no good there is it there's very little optimism there's no joy Everything's doom and gloom, no happiness. You need something to put a spark back into the place. Hopefully, the next few days, get a bit of good news and we can start planning for next season. There's obviously, as well, um, after Fens Varos, we played Riga in Sarajevo and we were, we were watching the game, John, and it was very, very poor. And, they, and obviously, you don't want to disrespect professionals and football teams, but they were, they were they're no very good teams. Uh, teams we should be beating three and four nothing comfortably. I know Celtic away from home sometimes, but recently they've been all right. But normally away from home, like with Celtic, you're just maybe just trying to get a draw and maybe just win a game one nothing. But these teams were one of the teams that should be in the same park as Celtic and we were struggling. We were, but me, uh, John, we were struggling to, to beat these teams. It was last minute goals we kind of won the ties with. So that wasn't again, John, that wasn't a good start to. To the, to the European campaign, obviously you qualify for Europa League, but it wasn't a good start considering you wanted the Champions League money. Champions League money is imperative for Celtic as a business. But to go to that and then go to the Europa League, go to the League Cup, the Scottish Cup might not be happening, there's no one in the league, so financially, it, it's been an absolute nightmare for Celtic, probably the worst Take away the COVID thing, it's probably a worse year financially for a long time due to going out of tournaments early. Because Celtic need that revenue because it's very little TV money. Because obviously, Robert, we obviously spoke about as well that obviously we want to compete in Europe, but you, you maybe, as you said the other day, that you maybe take a few defeats just to actually to get the money and actually keep the club going and so we can keep getting these players to try and get us there. Hopefully, every year, obviously, we know it's it's a bonus getting to the group stages, but it's something that maybe in the future that we'll need to do often because 
obviously due to the pandemic, money's going to be tight some situations, so we might need to sell players, so we might need to qualify, and by doing that, we need to recruit better. 100%. I think we need... You pay what you get from the manager. A manager who knows what you're doing, knows what you're doing. As you say, there's Riga and Sarajevo, the warning signs were there, there weren't they? Any great teams. I get going away to these wee countries and crap pitches. Sometimes it can be difficult. But how many times have we watched Celtic a season with the ball in a gasket? 55 minutes, 60 minutes, three subs, and our two subs later on. We made the most subs in the league of all year. To me, the, the standard of Celtic has dropped dramatically for Rogers left. I'd say 30, 35%. I mean, just the professionalism of the players, the, the fitness of the players, the attitude of the players. I mean, you say you say you spend two and a half million or three million in Rogers, whatever it was, with not I mean you could argue all day with the paid. But what you got with him was a professionalism. You qualified for the Champions League. You weren't great in Europe, we know that we weren't great. We were probably Rogers only downfall was he tried to go toe to toe with the big guns, which didn't really work with our players. And um, but in that sense, he made us good enough in Scotland to then try and compete in Europe. And if the board probably backed him, we don't know what we could have been sitting here with to this day. We could have had 10 in a row. We could have maybe have been in the Champions League again. We don't know. Or oh, Aston Butts. But I watched the guys interview the day and he made a less hat the nail on the head and says, I didn't make the signings. Mm-hmm. They brought in um, Malumba to Kamarnock. Marvin Sped and somebody else. His targets was um, McGinn. Patrick's the Italian boy mm-hmm. um, and somebody else he identified three main targets and the Celtic board went out and got him ten levels down for every target he wanted and I think that was a nail on the head when they didn't back him then I think it was the only reason he left I don't think he wanted to leave Celtic I think he might have left at the end of the season and got to the Premier League if he got an offer but I don't think he was just right I think that was the end of it with Peter Lowell. I think that he's now Melis came out and told you that today. They've obviously interviewed him, he's told you we need a director of football, we need somebody that communicates with the manager. He says at the end of the day, the manager's the most important person because everything goes on the manager's head. Melis maybe says to you, Neil Lennon didn't sign the players that have been signed at Delhi, and now he's took the can for it. We don't know. I do agree with you when it comes to that, Robert. Um, I, I watched his Richard Rogers interview today and Agree with what he says. He, he didn't say it in plain sight, but he did basically get dig at the board saying that Celtic is something to deal with the football side, and that's it. Because um, it's even though people say Rogers did get back, I get back to a wee bit when they sign maybe players like Sinclair and maybe guys like Nincham. But again, wasn't Nincham his signing because Lowell's got contacts from Man City? So was that his signing? We don't know. He sold on. He bought them barely for 500 grand, sold for 20 million. Celtic Cairn Tierney for 25, 26 million. He brought the Celtic turnover when Brendan Rodgers was in charge was 100 million turnover, which is the biggest in Celtic's history. This is the things you get with an elite manager. You get these things. You're not going to get that with downgrade and you win. No disrespect to you winning, but I remember after the Scottish Cup game, came out the ground and they said, oh, they've announced him as manager. We just won a treble and I felt deflated. So what does that tell you? If they want, this next appointment is as big as Brendan Rodgers, big as Martin O'Neill, as big as 
they two, it's that type of manager that we ignite the fans and get everybody back on board because it's just an absolute shambles for the fans arguing and fighting for the board, no knowing what their next move is. To me, it needs restructured, restructed, and hope that guy's working 24 7 because he'll need to, to restructure this club and get it back to where he should be. So, obviously, John, you, uh, we were saying as well that when you pay a good money for a good manager, eventually, might the outlay for a few weeks or a few months might be a lot, but if you get an elite manager, as Robert says, eventually you will get that money back if it is through advertisement, if it is through players, if it is through qualifying for Europe, you will eventually get the product on the park. Definitely. I've said here before, Rodgers is a top drawn manager. I just love listening to him. Um, even today, listening to him, he's intriguing to listen to. He just, he just seems very honest when he speaks as well. Um. I want somebody like that again to try and progress the team. Um, as Robert said, we're probably no, we're no a Champions League team. We're a Europa, Europa League team, but you want to strive to get to that next level. And Louis Day at Leicester, absolutely phenomenal. I know Leicester won the league five years ago or whatever. Um, but he's, he's, he's going up the ladder again, I'm telling you. Definitely. Uh, he's definitely just going to... I, I've always said, I think he's... I think, obviously, we've spoken about it as well, that I think he will go abroad. If it is Real Madrid, if it is Valencia, I think he will go abroad. I think that suits his style of management. Um, I think we were... Obviously, people were calling him all the names on the sun. Listen, I was way over. But now, when you actually look back at the job he's done and just listen to him talk about football and his coaching philosophy, you know he's a top manager and... We were very lucky to get him. We were very lucky to get him. And as you say, Robert, the guys he signed, the guys, some of the guys he signed, the guys he sell on. Um, he's just always going to go for me, he's going to go further than obviously Celtic, right? He's going to go further on Leicester. Um, and obviously another another stumbling block, John, and the season was a defeat to Rangers. Um, we were a wee bit like one. the first one, um, Celtic Park when Shane Duffy had a mayor. Um again. I know we missed one or two chances, but with Kamala up front, when we had a yet in the bench, the, the line-up again was questionable. I think, again, that was another warning sign, as we've spoken about with Robert. The warning signs were just garden pace every every week and every day. Elanusi missed a one-and-one, didn't he? Nothing each. Top, top player will put that away. And that's why the top players get their money. They might only get one chance in a game, and they'll take it. That's why they get the big bucks. It's re- regarding what a manager, what Robert uh, Rogers, chief, he stopped signing these squib players at two, three, four million. That pays for that elite manager as well. Not just players. That can pay for it. The money you've spent on bio, for example, that could pay for an elite manager. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's very <laughs> some of the money we've spent in players is ridiculous. And as you say, Robert, the guys like Shevd, who basically Rogers says in his interview, I've never seen him before. So that just tells you I think a lot that you kind of need to know and I think a lot that the fans already know. It was um Bob will just obviously Peter Lawwell just took over the, the signings because obviously he thought, nah, we don't need this to win the league, we don't need that. 
But wasn't he just about Rogers was planning ahead for the future? He wasn't he just planning to get to the end of the season, what Peter Lawwell was expecting. Mm-hmm. He was as Lustig's gonna retire, I'll bring you Italian boy, I can't remember how to pronounce the boy's name. That's my replacement for him. Brown's ready to retire McGinn's my replacement for him. And then he, the boy Justin James he was looking at, they let it was at looking at the time. I'll have him as replaced with Kieran Tierney. He had plans in place to replace players before they were even done. And Rogers didn't back it. The ones he had Castagna, right? That this is this is what baffles me. He had Castagna or the Italian boy, right? He had McGinn and he had Justin James. He could have got the three of them for eleven million. Might be a lot of outlay at Celtic. How much are they three guys worth now? Sixty million? Seventy million? A lot of money. A lot of money. Back it you're looking at. These three guys are in now, and that's the difference. Rogers would have attracted them now that came to Celtic because he has effect, and that's what an elite manager does. They can attract good players because they want to work under these guys because they've got such a good reputation. And I think Rogers probably had all these players lined up, and the Celtic board pulled the plug on them and signed these. Players. And I think that was a lot of the problem. I think Rogers spent a lot. Of, I heard he spent a lot of time with John McGinn to sign him, and John McGinn was ready to do it. And the Celtic board in the back, and I, I don't see the guy. I see where the guys came from. He went, I'm not f getting fucking hung up to die with Peter Lawwell and signing Malumba instead of John McGinn. Come on, it's it's terrible. You know what I mean? And I, I see where he's. I knew, I knew all along. Everybody was calling him a rat and everything else. You under a lot of people understand now why he left and what happened because he wanted to try and take Celtic to. Consistently in a Champions League, consistently maybe the last 16 in the Europa League, trying build on it. They both been the back him. So I'm hoping Dominic Mackay, in that sense, is willing to back the manager, whoever he may bring in, whoever he sees as the elite manager. But the appointment needs to be spot on. Um, and they've got to be allowed their own coaching staff, they've got to be allowed to do things their way. If it needs to be a director of football, so be it. Robert, do you hear the rumour regarding John McGinn that he was supposed to be in Park Heed in the boardroom? The deal's done. The only thing he's, he did is signing the paper. So he's in with Rogers, Lawwell, his agent, and Lawwell phones up the Hibs guy. What's his name again? Rod Petrie. Rod Petrie. phones him up to say blah, blah, blah. We're about to do the deal. And I think Lawwell's supposed to have try to shave a hundred grand off it or seventy-five grand off a transfer fee. And Petrie's just went, look, fuck off. He was fucking done. Hung the phone down. That was a that was a rumour. But it wouldn't surprise me the way Sailing did their business. I heard that Rogers spent a lot of time way again and tried to like Meras had the deal done. I did hear that. That was no that story, but similar John. Aye. Because obviously John we were we were talking about as well that Another alarm sign would have been he wanted Toby Johnson as head of recruitment. The Celtic board said no, but that's the manager's wanting his guy in. The board said no. They gave him Gavin Stratton. We all know why, because Gavin Stratton is Gordon Stratton's boy. Um, and again, no picking your own staff, maybe no getting the signings you want. That's just that's going to be a, a absolute car crash lead on to the season, because if you're not getting the guys you want, how are you going to get the guys that you want maybe lean forward to try and say you're maybe five points behind the lead in, in, in the league? How are you going to get the guys you want if the board aren't going to back you? 
there's a there's a lot of reasons why it's went wrong. Aye, we should have had more points than what we've done. But don't forget, see the team for the other side of the city. They've had an incredible season. Aye, you could say they've been lucky, blah, blah, blah. They've had some defensive record. I think only two goals conceded at Ibrox in so many games. Undefeated. I'm scared they'll go a fucking undefeated in the league. I think we're the only team that can beat them. There's a certain factor behind that, John. I know, I know. The referee. I, I know. I know what you're saying. What are things that have been going on? I've watched a few, just like clips and stuff of that game, and honestly, man, if some of that happened in the street, man, it'd be known as assault. Some of the things I've got away with. It's just certain wee things in certain games, John, have helped them win. I'm not saying they're well, they don't deserve to win the league by far.
I felt there was no balance, no shape in Europe throughout the full season. Your wing backs were so high, your two defensive midfielders were probably 20 yards further forward than they should have been. So you're left with kind of two centre halves, kind of a, and it, you know, these teams in Europe are really good at breaking with pace. Um, so to, in Europe, you maybe get away with that in Scotland, right? Having the two centre halves kind of exposed because you're so high pressing and you're kind of smothering teams in Scotland. But in Europe, you know these teams break at pace and this is a problem. The way we were shaped in Europe, the way we're always shaped in Europe, we're either too gung-ho or we've no shape, of no structure in place. Like, if your two wing-backs are going forward, surely your two defensive midfielders sit 20 yards further back. Your two centre-halves separate a wee bit. Maybe Scott Brown goes between them. It becomes a free with Cal McGregor just sitting in front. So you've got a structure there when somebody breaks. We had Scott Brown earlier at the edge of the centre circle, in front of the centre circle, in the other guy's half, you had Callum McGregor 15 yards further forward. You had Greg Taylor, if it was, at left back, away up the park. At the other side, you had Fring Pong away up the park. When these teams are breaking at pace, Scott Brown's not got the pace to get back. Callum McGregor's no blessed with pace. Your two centre halves are then exposed against maybe a striker and two quick wingers. It was a lot. That's where the downfall was. We didn't have a structure. We didn't have a we didn't have a, a we weren't built as a unit, we didn't attack as a unit and defend as a unit. If it was kind of a all over the place, I felt like a lot of individuals tried to do things all over the part and it just collided into an absolute disaster to be quite honest. You Sparta Prague exposed us for how bad we were in Europe and I wouldn't even say they were a great team, but when the you go to us at pace on the counter, it showed you how frail we were. We just didn't have the legs to get back. We didn't set up right. And we need a guy who I think is quite clever for in Europe to set up that way. You need a back four that knows when to promote, defend, attack. We need to have that balance to catch players outside, to then have maybe one wing back on, but the other one cover. We need to have that structure that I just don't think we've had for a few years now. I think it's a bit disjointed. That's what I'm looking for. Um, oil apart in Europe. That's funny, Robert, because I was saying to Ryan this afternoon, every year of, uh, in Europe, Celtic always get hit by a sucker punch on the break against teams that you maybe should be beating. Every year it seems to happen. That's John. That's Tactically, we're in There needs to be some sort of let's just say, for instance, we sorrow. He needs to be patrolling that if your wing back's further forward. And if he has to come across cover and even just take the guy out just to get his back into a shape, it needs to be something like that. You know what I mean? Just to, if you're caught on a counter, you need somebody to come out and just kind of block the guy off or take the guy out to take a booking and then get everybody back into shape and go for there. I don't I don't see that happening with Celtic. You need to be cute and things like that in Europe. You need to be cover and work how you get about. But... I think we were too gung-ho underlining. I don't think he knew a balance to defend attack. Like You see it back to the, the Copenhagen equalised at home and you're going, right, just hang off into extra time because we'll get them an extra time. They'll be there for the taking. But we had that much adrenaline. He kept his gone. Bang, sucker punch. Bang, sucker punch. Two goals in fucking five minutes and you're thinking, what the fuck? Kludge was the same. It's the same things. 
you need to, after you score a goal, you're the most vulnerable in a park. I can see a goal. And I think that happened just too many times in Europe through Lennon's reign. He didn't have that structure. Sitting for 10 minutes, soak up a wee bit of pressure and then go to them again. See that I'm just going right for the jugular and then they just go two or three passes up the park, quick winger, into a striker, boom, goal. Happened too many times. I think that's where we need a, a manager that's very clever on that side of in Europe. Uh, when it comes to Europe, for me, it's the learning. You can maybe take away that, that some bits are the Lazio and all that and stuff, fair enough, right? But the Aye, they did, they did. Um, but the Sparta flag for me, Robert, um, and John John was ridiculous. Um, I came in watching it, and I was, the first 10, 15 minutes, I was like, we could win this game 4 or 5 nothing. We started the game really well. And then I think, as Robert mentioned, uh, John, that fitness for this season has been nowhere near the standard that it's been and you can see as the game was going on we were getting tired and let's be fair Sparta flag were riddled with COVID then they had about seven or eight players making their debuts or, or, or hardly played all season and for me John that was as Robert says it showed us it was massive warning signs especially in defence I think uh, Sparta had three teenagers from starting line up either a 17 year old didn't they playing at the back mm-hmm. right back or left back aye Boy, I quitted yourself really well. You might not have been up against much right enough, but um, teams like Sparta Reserve Team or whatever, you should be good enough to get something for the games. Definitely. I find they've proven that they're actually not a bad team. Um, they may be running about the same level as Celtic, probably. But they, they, is, it, is it Leicester they're playing? Is that the other... That's a lot Slavia flag. Yes, uh, flag team. Mm-hmm. Are, are they still in Europe? Are oh, they out? Oh, I think they're out now. Are they? Um, I see they're probably pretty much level the quality of Celtic. But they proved they had a, a depth for squad that easily coped with Celtic over eight two games. The, f- the first leg was a shambles to be. They could have turned it up. They were struggling for a team, weren't they? They had to bring in all sorts of youth players and whatever to make a bench. And they absolutely fucking done a number on us, didn't they? Second game, they done the exact same, John. They just sat yeah. and they'll be coming to them and buying cotton on the crib. Boys, Never learned their lessons. The boy, what is his name? Carlson. Boy mm-hmm. Carlson, winner, destroyed us. Two games in a row, destroyed us. I actually like to look at that boy, but I don't know if it was two good games he had, but he got. Like an old-fashioned winger, quick, run at people, pace, drift inside, get a shot off. He was good, really good. But I don't know, again, if it was just because we were so poor. He looked really good, I don't know. He's obviously what a young Ryan Clifford. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day, I was brilliant. Don't let my kids you on. Um, but I obviously, um, after that game again, there was more kind of warning signs with the board and the communication for the fans. The fans were saying, get him out. The board were saying, no, he's a man. And we're sticking by him, blah, blah, blah. Again, that was maybe the start of Robert, the communication for the, the board slipping away for the connection for the fans. They just, I don't know, Ryan, they just, they didn't listen to the warning signs. Everybody could see that things weren't working. Um, we own the park, the players, the, everything, there was just 
you could just see we, we whimpered out of Europe, all right, and he kept going with the same players again, which tells me he didn't have a clue what he was doing. He just kept going with guys like Brown and Christie and maybe McGregor, who's probably not had one minute's rest this full season, which is baffling because the guy's standard is dropped and it's probably mm-hmm. tireless and everything else and we're being bad, so he's maybe getting dragged into that level, but he really needed a rest in this full time and he's never rested him, which was baffling for me as well. Um, that was a warning signs. We whimpered out of Europe with one win, luckily, at the last game um, against Lille. I don't think Lille were really too bothered at that point, to be honest. Um, and that's when your sorrow and tumble came in and gave us a wee bit of hope and light in the end of the tunnel. But again, it's just, it was, as me and your dad says, I never felt confident of going on an unbeaten run of nine or ten games. I never did. I always thought there's something going to tip us up or run away. And it sure did along the, the full way. Um, I was never confident of watching certain say we're back. There was never once I could say, I looked at Celtic went, that's the old Celtic of all. Attacking, flair, everybody wanting the ball, everybody enjoying it, everybody... But to win the game, I don't think we've played as a full team the full season, and I don't know if that's the players wanting away with COVID, with mismanagement. I don't know. I didn't think John Kennedy and Neil Lennon were a great match as assistant manager, and Gavin Strang, I don't think, is great either. Um, I just don't feel there's a united front, all fronts, to the players and their management and the board, and I think that's all come back to bite us in the arse just because the, the cracks are appearing all season. See, we were talking about um, things are going to come to an end. This bad run is going to continue. Yeah, the, these people on the radio saying, I never thought Ross County would beat Celtic. I never thought they'd beat Celtic. I never thought, are you having a laugh? Have you not been watching them all season? We can, we've spoken about it. We've, we've seen it happen all season. My mate bet Ross County uh, the weekend there, he got 11 to 1. Because it's no daft. To be, to be fair, Ross County didn't really cause us any trouble by the goal, right? But but 43% of Celtic's goals yeah. conceded this season is for cross balls. Ross County's only got a worse record than us for cross balls into the box. We take two corners and we play them short. What the... To me, that's just fucking baffling. That's absolutely stupid. We play one man up front away to Ross County. We play three attacking midfielders out of position. That tells me the guy doesn't know what he's doing. We've no winners on the park. We've no had winners for fucking all season. Where do you get your joy against teams that are compact, good in the wings? I'm no fucking Jose Mourinho, but it's fucking no rocket science to say that that's where you get your joy against compact defences is in the wings. What's this? That, that's well at the end, man. This is all season, but as you say, John, it's been, it's not just one or two, this is four or five different occasions in Scotland alone. And then obviously, again, we, the game against Hearts, I know uh, it was a wee bit of positivity going in treble, um, but I know we spoke about it as well, Robert. Um, the first half, I know it was against Hearts, but first half we were really good. I thought it was. We were kind of like, right, this is a bit like the old Celtic. I know it's against Hearts, but the passing was quicker. It was definitely uh, passive. They were, it was a bit more intensity, and they were going, it should be four or five, nothing at half time. 
and then the second half we came out and just totally capitulated and that's what it's been kind of most of the season it either takes us a goal to get us kick-started or as soon as somebody scores against us our arse just collapsed John Aye it's... On you go Robert no, on you go, John. No, on you go. On you go. <laughs> it's um, against Hearts, I would say for 35 minutes, they were good. But they thought the game was won, they thought the game was out of sight. And what I've noticed with Celtic is when teams come back strong against us, we don't seem to have the mentality to get through that wee barren spell. It's a pressure. We seem to kind of buckle under it any back. And like quite luckily penalties, I think if the game maybe went another ten minutes, Hearts might have beat us, mm. to be honest, or the third. And that's a championship team. And that to me, the mentality of the team this season is just no a Celtic team. It's no we buckle under pressure, we can't deal with pressure, we're no fit enough. After 50, 60 minutes. We look like a tired team as if we fucking played fucking seven games in a row at 120 minutes. We don't, we're no fit team, definitely no fitness. The fitness is an absolute shambles. We always concede for close balls. I, I don't find it very hard to go and somebody attack a ball and he drip. It's no rocket science. Zono Martin, I've never liked it. No. That's what nah. Scott Brown Some people are Zono Martin and some. People are nice setup at all, no management at all. It's just going time when he does a, I don't know if it's John Kennedy setting him up in a line. Mark a guy and go and fucking run the heater. It's as simple as that. And then if that guy gets after you, you can pinpoint and go, by the way, that was you, Ayer. By the way, that was you, Welsh. That's how you do it. You don't line guys up in a line and get, if you're six foot and there's a guy five foot nine and he gets a run and jump on you, for a, a, a running position to a standing position. Nine times out of ten he's going to beat you to the ball. Is that no correct? Mm-hmm. It just, I don't, I just, I've no, this season I just, the, work, the cracks have just been appearing all season and I've said it and I don't know why it sounds very negative. But for your way in the Europa League, I thought this season is fucked. And I don't know why it came out and sound negative because you know, like to jump on your back. But I didn't, I didn't see us being a team that looked like we wanted to go and win the ten in a row. Through neglect, through bad management, through attitude of players, I don't know. Ah, yeah, it's very, it's, it's just hard to. The the heart scream for me was very at the end of the game. I, it was mere, it was total relief that we won because I was like, the last 10, 15 minutes, I was we were watching it and I was like, we're going to get beat here. I can't believe this. Um, and again, uh, John, that was. A championship team showing how frail we were at the back. Um, again, it was Hazard was in goals. Goalkeeper swapped more season. I thought the boy, obviously the boy's not done too much wrong, but maybe could have done better for the goal. But the game against Hearts was another warning sign that, yeah, listen, one, just, I thought maybe that was maybe the review was maybe when they won that treble and then they'd be away. And I thought that was maybe if there was a right time to go and a wee kind of a high note, lift the trophy, right, I've done my best, give some belts to try and win the league, on you go. For me, John, I think that was maybe... She could have happened. 
cup finals is all about winning them. It doesn't matter how you play in a cup final. Nobody will remember how you play in a cup final. As long as you go up and win that trophy, that's all that matters. Doesn't matter. Yes, you can dissect it and say we were fucking rotten. A championship team taking us to 120 minutes and penalties. We were hanging on at the end. It doesn't matter. As long as you win the cup, that's the most important thing. And that's what Celtic need today. Need to get back to winning. I don't really care. It's nice playing attractive football with two wingers bombing forward and a bit of flair. I think now we just need to win. Win at all costs to get our fucking feet on the ladder again and try and progress. I agree. Um, we need to get the winning feeling back. Yeah, I know we won four, four or five in a row there, but the way that he was talking was like we were world beaters again. And again, again, the talk with Zona Martin all season, John, even back, back in your day when you played, Zona Martin... Was, no. he, really he didn't really never hear existed. it. He didn't really hear it. Um, I, never I, existed. I've never liked it when I played. And I watch football, I'm just like, as Robert says, the manager should know he's picking him at a corner. None of this iPad shape. You go, he, no, you pick him up, you decide that on a Friday training, you lead up to the full week, and then you deal with it. And then, as Robert says, John, you know if a goal goes in, it's his number, it's his man, and then you deal with it for there. I think we strained on that at Celtic, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He was the first one today, Zono, Celtic. Martin O'Neill just went, just go and win the fucking heater. Because uh, I said, he'd got eight guys at six foot two in his team. Monsters uh, in both boxes, winning games, defending well. I, I like to see that about a physicality. I think we're so weak, Robert. We're weak all over the place. I don't think you really get men in football now, John, the way you used to. You know what I mean? Uh, There's a famous quote that Neil Lennon said, and there's no lot I'll agree with Neil Lennon at this particular moment, but he said he used to deal with 20-year-old men, now he deals with 30-year-old boys. Aye, aye. The generation now is, there's no physicality, uh, no matter the Neil either. Um, There's no, very few and far between that you get players like that now. A lot of fancy dance and fucking their hair gelled and that before they go in the park. You don't see players going after broken noses and heat bands on now. And I think that's lacking football. But you need one or two guys like that. And your team definitely get that. I think, I would think Anil's team was probably the last time we had a physical team. Aye. He's a few physical players, but Anil's team was dominated by, by glumps shall we say, that they could play. Aye, they could play football when they needed to. Okay, you're talking about, obviously, the physicality, Robert and John. Maybe we're starting, you had Hartley, you had Robson, Brown was obviously a bit he's coming on his peak then. So they, they've three guys in the middle. Hartley and Robson, for me, were super. Yeah, they, they were physical. In the, in the Rangers games, they gave somebody a hard... I think that's what I'm missing as well, John, and not even just against Rangers. In any games, obviously Scott Bond's getting older now, so he can't do what he used to do, right? But you're missing a, a guy at the game. You know why to break legs, you know why to get guys injured, to let guys know they're there. The first five minutes of a game, let them know you're there. Because even when I play football, sometimes I play against big guys, and if I get a dig off, I'm like, well, I'm not going to hear him the rest of the game. That, that's just what happens in football. 
Aye, definitely. I think, it's, I think that the Royal Farm games have a big burn in the season. And the last couple of seasons, definitely the Rangers have won the physical battle against Celtic. Aye. Definitely. The likes of Arfield, I don't want to talk about them, but I need to. Likes of Arfield running about, it means so much to him if he can win the games. He'll do anything to win the game. He'll kick his granny. Very physical. You need to get back to winning the fucking physical battle. No forum games. Definitely. Because for me, I don't know if Robert thinks it, but I definitely agree because I think fat boys are technically players now. Uh, technical players now. Um, it's all about fitness and technical ability and you don't really see a lot of, even with Man City and Barcelona, the defenders aren't really physical and it's all ballpoint centre-halves and I think we maybe need to get back to maybe, obviously the old days are different, you cry and we'll go back to the old days, but we need maybe at least one physical big centre-back at the back to deal with cross balls and maybe the other guy next to him does the football work Robert. I agree with you, Ryan, definitely. We thought we had that in Shane Duffy, but there's obviously other defenders out there that we can tap into. I'm, I don't know the answer to it right now, but I'm not getting paid 2.4 million a year to, to be that person. So you definitely need a spine of your team, I would say. Your goalkeeper, a centre-half, a centre-midfielder and a striker. The spine of your team's right. You can play around about it, you can build around about it. But if that structure to your team is brilliant, is good, then you, you tend to have a right good team. That's normally how football works. And you need, obviously, leaders. I think we're lacking a lot of leaders on the part. We've got a lot of decent players, but I think, as your dad was saying, having a physical player and leaders is guys that speak, guys that talk through a game. I think that lacks in football now. Um, and I think you need to look at that. Um, probably kind of a British players. Um, maybe that's, maybe if we need a couple of British players in that's, that knows Celtic again, rather than maybe try to go for some of these European players. I don't know. We just need to see what sort of market our new manager's looking at. Or maybe the Scandinavian market, because that's been quite good these early years. Um, we really need to look into these markets and try and pick the decent players and players that are ready to come in and improve us while the park. Um, I, I definitely think you, you could probably get a, a decent centre-half with a championship in England or Scandinavian league uh, or a, a decent winger through one of these leagues, whatever we need to do. So there's going to be a big rebuild, obviously. And um, we just need to have a right manager. I, I don't think, as a team, we really need five, six, seven signings. I think we maybe need two or three quality signings to improve us. Aye, to go right in. Yep, John, right in, aye. Then of that squad player site, just right in. The squad needs to be cut, John, about seven, eight players. Two or three quality players and maybe four squad players that are upcoming young boys, maybe along your lines. See the garden, Scandinavian players, whatever, whatever you're trying to dip into a wee market that's on tap. That's what Harmon's there for, isn't it? That's his job. That's what he was there for. I don't see him lasting to the end of the season. Here, no. 
but he's responsible for that. Oh, he's been a disaster as well. And obviously as well, boys, uh, the January, um, obviously Dubai, the Rangers game. Don't really, we could talk about the Rangers game, but we all know that um, the Rangers game, we should have won the game, obviously beat on the centre-half. Um, but then obviously the main point of that month was the Dubai Robert was spoke about it. That was one of the biggest things. Again, that just shows the standards of us as away. We just, we just, why we went to Dubai, Ryan, was just absolutely stupid in the middle of a pandemic. Get why they went, but we didn't, we've no benefited out of it. We had three games on Rangers, didn't we? They were 19 points clear at the time. Roughly, aye. Aye, so in three games we've picked up one point, basically. We've only clawed back one point out of the three games in hand we had. So Dubai didn't work. We spent 400 grand on it. We followed their under-18s team. We more or less made an arse of that, didn't we? And then we go and sell ring pong to try and balance the books a wee bit. Obviously because the pre-tax loss, which we didn't know about just recently, a six million, so I think that was to kind of balance the books on that, and it was a great offer. Um, and then we bring in John Joe Kenny in a six-month deal. We need permanent, what need signing to make him permanent. Another strange decision if you ask me for Celtic. But this season, I don't think Celtic's done it to surprise me. I think we have just exploded, and I feel a numbness about them this season. Um, for January, I've no celebrated a goal. I've watched it. No celebrated a goal and no got upset about a goal conceded. I don't know what's happened, but I've seen the good, the bad and the ugly of Celtic through all my years of supporting them. And I just hope that we don't regress again the way we've done early years. I think this should be another Brendan Rodgers type of thing. Take Rangers view this time and get a point of manager, get them get it in there. Cause if we go and do the things right this season, it could propel us onto another four or five in a row. It could. If we get things wrong, we're up the year behind. That's a dangerous thing as this next appointment. I definitely. It's got to be it's got to be right. Um, obviously we're talking about Nicky Hammond there, uh, Robert as well. Um the recruitment didn't help at all in January. Obviously, John, we're talking about Dubai, but we've all spoken about it, how it was another another really poor time for the board. We understand why they went, but it wasn't a good timing. Um, the standards, again, showed that we're slipping. There was no need to go. Um, and then, obviously, the recruitment, John. January, with any strengthen. Robert, obviously, we're talking about Frimpong was sold. Um, Joe and Kenny, a loan deal. If we really wanted him, why just no sign him? Permanently, just get it done for next season. And we still got Ben Davis. Had them for 30 days, or I've been looking at them for a long time. Then again, the windy Liverpool come in at last minute, two or three days, and I've signed them again too slow. Then he's strengthening in January. If the, in my opinion, John, if the board had any any hope of trying to win the league back, they'd have done something in January. The thing is, we started the season without losing a first team player, didn't we? We kept the squad. Had been there and done it. We thought we'd added quality 
to that existing squad to propel us to the 10 and it didn't harm. It's no happening. I think the big thing is she would she be keeping the squad for last year. You think your quads in, they've been there, they've done it, they've wore a t-shirt, add two or three quality players and we should fucking skate it. No, it's it's been poor. Very poor. But hopefully the sun shines out and we'll fucking be back next season. And obviously, recently, uh, St Marin and Ross County performances, I know Ross County in the Cup, uh, and St Marin uh, the last few weeks in Ross County the other night, just again, very poor. Um, and as you say, Sean, the radios and the pundits are saying, oh, it's a shock. And we know, Robert, that it's not really been a shock because we've been poor all season. But they were performances again it just shows you that why was he still allowed to continue? And obviously, Robert, we all know he don't listen to press conferences anymore because they were just a lot of guff all the time, saying the same stuff every week. And that's when you know he was kind of losing everything because he was saying the same stuff and he was like, I can't change it, so why are you still there? He was bitterly disappointed. Is that one of them? <laughs> that's, that was every week. And I actually watched his one against Ross County. And he goes, ha, and he, he laughs. He actually laughs. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Honestly, what is it you're doing? And he goes, I don't know how they lost it. Do you know how they lost the game? Because we tried to play through a compact defence. We didn't get in the wings. It's the same fucking scenario. We can, we could. The same things. To play against Celtic, if you can nullify the middle of the park, that's where everything comes from. The middle of the park, if you can nullify that and stop them picking... And then in time for some wide, you'll get joy against them. And that's what these small teams have done. Your St. Martin's, your Ross Counties and that. And we never had a plan B the full time. We had three attack midfielders on the park most weeks, all out of position. It's mucked about with the strikers, mucked about with the goalkeeper, mucked about with the backline, mucked about with the midfield. I don't think we had the same team on the park two or three games in a row. The same 11. I can't... I don't even think he played the same formation three, four games in a row. It was just baffling. The guy was running at ideals the full season. And I think the board more or less hung him out to dry. I he wasn't very good, but the board didn't want to take responsibility. You could see he'd done he tried everything in his power to to ignite us, try and get us better. It wasn't working. So I think the board have fallen him under the bus a lot, especially keeping the two on who's still there than now, and Mel is putting all the responsibility onto him. I think it's a bit shocking how the board takes him in the end, to be honest. I quite, I quite admire him. There's two sides to it. People think he only, he only hung on for the money. I don't think it's about money. I genuinely think he thought he could turn it about. Early doors, up to... Maybe four or five weeks ago, he probably thought if we win over games, there's a very good chance we still get success. And I admire the fact that he still thought he had the power to do that. But us watching the games on the telly knew different, didn't we? Why did the board let it go so long, Mitch? 
Maybe they believed in him as well. Maybe they believed. Or maybe they just didn't want to pay the money to get him paid Listen, up. She, 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 no matter how much money, see if you wanted to get rid of him, no matter how much money he was earning, no matter what bonuses he was going to get, just do it. Because if you want to go forward, you had to get rid of him. Just pay it. Because in the long term, if you succeed, we get a new manager and you go into Champions League, you recoup that money tenfold. But it would like to gamble with all these things. Aye. Last minute. Yep. For me, I, it's just... I do this if we do that. For me, if I agree with you, Robert, the board of the board have got to take it out of his hands. I do agree with you, John. Um, my opinion on Leo Lennon is I don't hate the guy. Obviously, you're numb because you're like, you've, you've kind of, you, you've not done as well. You've you sort of left at an earlier time. Obviously, seeing that maybe in a few months' time and a few years' time, eventually I will go right. Aye, he was a legend as a player. He done okay the first time. He did the all right the second time until this season, and it's totally failed. It's not going to totally ruin his legacy, but it is going to really dampen it. Um, I think a lot of fans might, a lot of fans may have a lot of hatred towards him. But um, for me, I'm I'm just I'm glad it's done now and it wasn't at the end of the season because it, as you says, it could have got a lot worse and it already is poor. Um, but I do agree with Robert that the board should have dealt with it quicker. Um, the end of this, and then Dermot Desmond came out today, Robert, and says that he'll be hard man to replace. Wait a minute, Desmond. Uh, Dermot, you've got miles of better managers out there, Neil Lennon. Fuck money, boy. The manager was managing hips. Come on, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, Ryan, obviously I'm down south and they're working, um, so I've not really seen Aye, that. He says that um, he'll be a hard man to replace, he's a legend, he does everything for the club, he's blah, blah, blah. Then, man, you've got Eddie Howe, who's lying there, no need job. You've got other guys better than Neil Lennon to come in and take care and do a far better job than Neil Lennon. But that's new. I'm not taking anything that Neil Lennon's done as a player and what he's done in the past. He's won silverware, he's won basically two trebles, just about... Um, so I, I can't you can't knock the guy for what he's done but this season you've got to take it for the naked eye and it's feeling miserably and he shouldn't have been in charge at this point what Dermot Desmond really is saying there in my opinion is I'll not have something I can control as a puppet and I think Aye. that's what he's thinking and maybe because he's Irish as well he feels a sentiment to him um, but Dermot Desmond in this full scenario for me has been an absolute Shambles, he's been hidden, he's nowhere to be seen. And Silence is deafening. Ah, aye, exactly, John. How and Peter Lawwell were happy to come out when it was all rosy and have their interviews with the papers and speak highly. Oh, Brendan Rodgers, and I went out and got him and I've done this. It's all right when you're winning and scheming for the rooftops, but when you're getting beat and things are going sewer, he should be like that first guy that comes out and changes it and gets the ball rolling again. For me, I, I don't like Celtic. Maybe he does stuff for the club and it's great, I. But I'd rather have somebody who's a Celtic supporter. I'm not saying he's not a Celtic supporter, but he's more interested in being on a golf course and he has got to run Celtic and dealing with Celtic. In my opinion, there's better guys out there that I would rather have running the club and that would be more engaged with the fans. I mean, I sent Ryan with the Celtic Association meetings with Peter Lawwell have been. Um, I've sent them the drafts and what's been said and stuff like that and how they've treated the fans 
in this full scenario is nothing but disastrous and shambolic and disgraceful. Um, I know when Ronnie Divers either, when they wanted the fans back on board, Peter Lowell engaged with the fans on a week-to-week basis of how things should change. And then when Brendan Rodgers came in and all the success was happening, he never shunted him again because he was only interested in making money. To me, that needs to change itself. To, at the end of the day, these guys are just in charge of your club and running their club. Us, the fans, will be there longer than anyone anymore will ever be there. It's our club. They forget oh, that. That's right. It's our club. We'll be there longer than any of them. It's mm-hmm. our club. They might be the man with the money and the ones in power than new, but they'll not always be in power. So they've got to remember... Just the custodians. And I feel that's on that side we should have more fans on the board, maybe no influence, just to give opinions on things. I think that disconnect needs to change itself. Aye, well, the head of the Supporters Association should be a liaison with a board at meetings whenever, twice a year, whatever it will be. Um, definitely, that's definitely something that should happen in the future, shouldn't it? Yeah, 100%, John. Obviously, John, the board, uh, what's your opinions, obviously, regarding the board? Obviously, Kennedy and uh, Stratton and I think supposedly Steve McManus is maybe can, can up to help him. Obviously, I thought I'd have stopped around, but obviously, because he's still playing, I don't know if he can get up to the coaching level. Um, what do you think of the board's obviously, what they've done this season regarding the win and obviously the decision not to put Kennedy in charge? What's your kind of overall feelings for the board? Well, they've done the right thing and uh, Neil Winning will be there. But the way the rest of this season, I think you're writing the season off anyway by having them in charge. If you've no got the man you want, then he's opted for that, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. For, for the boys that's in place at the moment, working within Celtic, uh, 23s, reserves, whatever, youths, uh, the boys, it's in the structure, but the man they obviously want isn't he there in the building. Um, so I'm actually not that bothered what happens to the end of the season, to be honest with you, because for me it's all about next season. But I want I want them to start the rebuild anew, and I'm disappointed they've no got who they want to start the rebuild. The guys that say they knew I'm not going to fault them to the end of the season. How many games did they go up? Eight. I think eight. And maybe the Scottish Cup if it continues. I, I, I don't hang out with them. But say if you get eight games, you can, whoever's in charge for eight games, you, you can't criticise them. One way they'll draw other games. They're only taking temporary charge. But hopefully, hopefully the future's bright. Because obviously, Robert, as well, um, we're talking about the future. Um, again, I've seen a wee quote of the air. I can't remember who it was from, Robert. I think it was for a, a, an ex-younglist or something. Um, and he says, obviously, now that it lends away, if the players can, if the players all of a sudden start playing well, then you're thinking, right, because there's no place to hide now. So after a full full attack, in fact, when they start winning games, two and three nothing, and they start playing well, you're going to go, wait a minute here. What's, what was the issue? Was it the manager? Or were they just packing in the tools? I think it will be a, a, a lot today with the manager and the players, Ryan. I think you've got to put 
own the blame on everybody. You can't just blame one person. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I don't, and we play Rangers in a couple of weeks. Don't get beat. Don't get beat off them. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Don't get beat. They're no any great shakes. Let's see if he's got. He's a gave us nothing all season. Gives us one bit. Gives us one bit of fight. Put something in. You're at home. You're at Celtic Park. Go out and fucking prove to this mob they're not as good as they think they are. Because they're not. I don't. Basically, I don't think they're as good as they actually think they are. And they've had an easy season. And I think the players owe it to the fans to get and put a performance on in that. Other than that, if we win the games to the end of the season, I think they've got to announce something in the next three or four weeks, in my opinion, about a manager, about what's, what's the club's gone in a direction, because we can't wait, because the season books are up soon. I mean, how the fuck can you sell your season books to your supporters with any structure, with any idea of what's going on? But to me, it just that needs to change. That needs to happen soon. Because I know the season books are going to come back out and it's going to be... I don't even know who the, the headline is. It's normally Neil Lennon or Brendan Rodgers. We like to thank the fans. They'll say Peter Lawwell there now. Is it going to be the kit man or something? We like to thank you for the kit man. You know what I mean? I don't Scott Brown maybe? I don't know. But we really need somebody identified to know to be looking at us and putting a structure in place and saying, see, it's a manager that maybe can't come in and say, June, I want him to have identified four players. Tell Dominic McKay, Dominic McKay goes bang, bang, bang. People are wondering what's happening here. What the boy William Shaw, I don't even know who signed him to Sheffield Wednesday when they've done um, That needs to be in place now to hit the ground running in the summer because the qualifiers are in the corner, let's be honest. I obviously, John, uh, I, I agree with Robert says here. Um, the qualifiers come up, we've got to get stuff done, um, done as soon as we can if it is. For me, this has been maybe kept quiet. I think maybe the fans expected Lennon to go to the end of the season. Um, we didn't expect it to happen the day, really, or uh, yesterday. Um, it's been kept quiet. His interviews, he was talking about the rebuild, and the fans are getting a bit here. Wait a minute here. Is he signed? Obviously, inside you're thinking, there's no chance him staying. But if he's interviews, John, that you're thinking that like, he's going to stay here. So what's going to happen with the rebuild? I think now the guy Mackay is going to in dialogue with everybody at the club to say, right, who do I want? Obviously, John, you were telling me that it's a, a different company that deal with the, the, the DOFs and try to pick the interviewees for the, the job. Uh, it's supposed to be as a company, actually. Uh, looking at recruiting or looking at interviewees for the position, so Celtics can do a different route but it looks at, isn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, but that options there, shall we say? But we've been talking about that all season. That's I've talked about Leipzig, we've talked about Ajax, similar teams. We've been talk, screaming for the rooftops for Celtic, you're doing a different avenue because the model at the moment isn't working long term as in European football. And that guy's got to come in and start work no more. He can't no come in. There's no way he can just leave it to fucking end of June. It's too late to sign players again, but the normally day spoke about we speak about us all the time, doing my business late. That's got to change. The the mindset's got to change. He can't just run it like for year to year. 
you've got to prepare for everything in advance. You've got to get players on. No saying long term contracts, but you've got to tie your good players down. So as if you do sell them, you get decent money for them. Uh, what's happening with Scott Brown? Scott Brown's contracts up thirteen years at Celtic, I think. Yeah. And there's no been any any word about him in or no. Nothing. I mean, you don't even know who the manager's going to be if he wants him as a coach, if he wants him as a player, if he wants to put him into the under twenty one management side. You don't, you don't know that. That's. So. Uh, I just feel it's. I just think I agree with you. Is it the guy's got to come in and work and it's got to be the now because we can't be, be even more complacent now. And just as you say, John, leave it to June. Ah, we'll be all right. We'll get this guy. We'll come in and we'll sort it because we, we don't know who they've got in the pipeline for the, for the manager. It could, it could be, we'll speak with the manager in a minute, but it could be either Steve Clark. It could be somebody who's at the Euros that we don't know about. We can't wait to after Euros and go, right, he's coming in now. You've got, you've got maybe a month and a half to sign players, get your structure in, get your backroom staff. You can't do a lot within six weeks, John, to implement your message and get your closer close. It's very hard to date within a few weeks. Nah, Celtic always leave it a couple of weeks, then to the cut-off point. By that time, you don't get your number one target, your number two, three, four, five and six, the Celtic carry on. Get, get your dealings done early. That guy's got to come in. The process is started. Get your director of football, whoever it is, or technical director, whatever you want to call it. Get your manager. And they, they're actually, like, it's, it's two jobs, isn't it? But they're communicating all the time. The football issues, player issues. You don't want the manager dealing with contracts. This guy's going to deal with contracts. Just leave the manager to the football side to strive to improve the football team, the squad, the development team, the youths. As we spoke about it, it's got to be for the top to the bottom, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You've got to clean it out and get them all playing the same way, same structure, whatever. It's got to be a pathway to the first team. That's got to be. Big time. We've spoke about that. There's no enough no enough youths coming into the first team, isn't there? No. And we're losing all good youth players now, so that tells you everything. For nothing. For nothing, for development fees. Yep. Aye, that's got to change, definitely. A lot of guys are leaving for youths. Why are they leaving for youths? Is it, is, it, is it the learning? Is it the structure? Is it because they're getting, obviously, maybe a better chance of getting into a first team somewhere else? Um, but for me, it's just, we all know there's a lot of issues. It's, it's players... The board, whatever else, but the buck in any walk of life, you know, whatever it is, and, and your, your work, my work, John, your work in football, the manager always gets the buck, no matter what. He's the leader of the club, he's the manager of the football team. So it doesn't matter if the players are playing shite, the manager's always going to get the bucket. We all know the players have underperformed, but the fact that basically every player, maybe a part of it, I know Edward's not the best of seasons, but he's got a lot of goals still. I thought big desire. If we can get if we can get a good manager in, listen, I know we keep saying that they might be sold. See if you do get a top coach like a Martinez or a Eddie Howe, I don't know, I'm just talking talking names. They could persuade them to stay. Yeah, listen, 
saying, oh, yeah, I'll get you a bigger move. We don't know what, what could happen if we get a top manager in. As much as we think they might go, if top manager could come in, Robert, and maybe change our minds? Of course, Ryan. Every possibility. You know what I mean? It's like, maybe a different manager comes in and sets out a different stall and says, look, stay with me and sign a new contract, win the league, and I guarantee I'll improve you as a player and if we win the league in the day or eight in Europe, you could go for double that. You could pick your teams rather than maybe being restricted to two teams. You could have a choice of four or five teams. Mm-hmm. We don't know. That's all down to Dominic Mackay, the new manager, and what Celtic I want to spend to get us to the standard that we expect now, Celtic. He's regarding Mackay coming in, possible director of football, definitely a new manager. The financial outlay is quite a bit. So why stop there? Mm-hmm. Spend money in the team to try to get us into the Champions League. What's the point of spending big on behind the scenes? If you're not the most important thing is the team, isn't it? And the manager. Most important person at a football club is the manager. Spend the money in the manager and the team and we'll progress. There's no point in spending fucking two and a half million in disco lights and two million in a hybrid pitch and pitch. fucking million pound in sale today if the fucking team yes. won the person. Today. That's, that's what I say, John. It's all right, right if your team on the park's good enough to attack the fans to come and watch you. Yeah. And plus the park's been terrible all season, so that's been a waste of money. Um, obviously, Robert, we've spoken about, obviously, the last wee bit the night, guys, about obviously who is just names about, obviously, the managers. And for, for me, whoever comes in, they've got to have independence and limitacy in the managing. They've got to pick the players. They've got to have the business side different for the football side. The manager picks the team and deals with recruitment and whoever's at the DOF and Desmond. And if it is Ross Lawwell or whoever it is, uh, Ross Desmond comes in, they deal with that side and it's a total different football side, business side. Obviously, Robert, there's names like Eddie Howe, Martinez, Sean Maloney, guys like that, Steve Clark, and another name popped up, the guy from Slavia Prague. Um, he's done well with them. They're still in Europe. You've mentioned Michael O'Neill. There's a lot of guys that have been mentioned and obviously people are saying, or oh, Celtic mate, might not be able to get them. Why no? Go and pop the question. You need to ask somebody. If they say no, they say no. But if it is, I know... Just as as Mourinho, as Eddie Howe, Benitez, whoever it is, just ask the question. If, and if you say no, you move on to the next target. Exactly. Now, the reason I like Graham Porter and Mike Winnie was I thought Mike Winnie was very good in Northern Ireland. I thought he turned them into a hard team to beat. I thought he, they punched well above their weight. And I thought, I think he's doing a really good job at Stoke. He might be happy at Stoke, I don't know. Maybe we know. Graham Porter done well. Um, Norway, I think it was, some some Scandinavian country, to a wee team that would never really help you. Go to them into Europe, beat Arsenal in the Europa League. He went to Brighton, he plays quite attractive football. I like the two guys, and I think they're young enough. And I think they play the right way, the football the right way. And I think they're young enough and clever enough, and they've got plan A's and B's, and I think they'd be attracted to Celtic. That was my two reasons why I picked the two guys. And obviously with yourself, John, who would be your pipeline for your your, your personal choice? See the Garden Potter, four years ago he was a PE teacher. Aye. 
it's not it's not just there's talent everywhere, Robert. It's not just football players, there's managerial talent everywhere. You just need an opportunity. Barry wasn't a manager, he was about 60. Correct. Aye. Yeah. He's half the employee, wasn't it? He's chance at employee. I've, so I've said that. It's talent everywhere at every level of football. I was talking about players, but it's talent managerial as well. You've got to cast your net. You can't just be restricted to like British managers, whatever. You've got to get the man best suited for the job with the money that you can spend on him. Aye. They've surely got a budget. Push your boat Push your boat out because long term it's going to benefit you. Uh, I agree. Aye, because I think we've got to get it's probably probably the biggest summer in maybe my generation of a Celtic fan. Um, it's a massive, massive rebuild. Listen, the, the guy could already, already be picked and we don't know because we, we know recently Celtic have not really begun a lot to the media. We don't know a lot, so the guy could be picked. But for me, it's going to be somebody, forget about him being a Celtic man or that shit, he's going to be somebody that's perfect for the job, fits the ball, fits the structure of the club, fits the DOF. Everybody who listens to this knows that I'm, I'm, I'm Eddie Howe, I want Eddie Howe to come in. I like the way he talks about football. I like the way he's, he's he coaches. I've seen him on YouTube. I've watched coaching tells him. He just he talks, the manager that fits us, attacking football, if they score three, we score four. And again, obviously, you obviously you've got to defend and you've got to clean sheets. But Celtic have always been pronounced, didn't they, John Robert, for attacking football, entertainment, scoring goals. We don't want to win games. Obviously, you want to win games, right? But one 0 every week, you're, this is boring. You want a bit of a bit of, a bit of jag in the games. And for me, maybe guys like I know Martinez is with Belgium. Well, Belgium probably no. They're they're a massive. Um, Massive, massive team in, in the national stage. Eddie Howe, I don't know who he is, obviously he's probably Seattle, but I think Eddie Howe is, he's, he's a free agent, he's assistant slash left bone mouth, so you've really got the perfect backroom staff to just come in and just kick on the new. He's, he's sitting free, he's a free agent. I agree with you, Ryan, I would like to see him as a Celtic manager, whether we'll spend the money on that type of guy. I don't know, I don't know what sort of wages he'd be looking for. I don't know what sort of money they want for to rebuild the team. Um, I would happily take Eddie Howe. I think Eddie Howe and Benitez and Martinez are the top bracket. And the guys I was talking about are probably made a, in a realistic bracket. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Might be wrong yeah. You know what I mean? But that was my reason I picked the two guys because I think they are realistic for us to get. Whereas I think Eddie Howe, Benitez and Martinez is probably... I'm not saying realistic, but I don't know if we're bored or want to sanction an our Brendan Rodgers type of appointment. Look at the success Celtic had financially when Rodgers came in. What a trophies he won. Uh, seven, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Seven out of seven to Neil came in. Financially, the outlay was nothing with the success that Celtic got through it. Two Champions League qualifications. They made their money off him. Yeah. You you pick the right manager, gets you success, you'll make money. It was the same, obviously, with O'Neill as well. Uh, after that season, Rangers were a lot ahead. O'Neill came in full rebuild. They spent money in players. And then, really, ever since then, 
the last 20 years, Celtic have been a dominant force with winning titles. So it just proves if, as Robert says, Robert, you could get, if it is Eddie Howe, if it is a top elite manager, you get them in in the summer, it could lead to another nine-year-old, eight-year-old if you start off the right path and get this right. Because that, obviously, it's not going to go two ways. It's either going to go fucking horrendous or it's going to go, boom, right, right back at the top again. And that, for me, I think, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a brilliant thing because it's going to totally strip back the club and it's going to, the flaws in the club are hopefully going to get ironed out but this new guy can win. There's going to be some guys who shouldn't be the club out the club and I think it might kick up, a big kick up the arse. I think Desmond, it might give him a kick up the arse. Shit, I don't want to be second. We need to boom another Rodgers thing, hopefully, and progress again. You might have, if a new manager comes in, one or two players that you thought were on their way at the club. Mm-hmm. With players under a different manager, we don't know. Um, but just as he says it, it'll be good to just see as getting restructured as a club and how quickly we can do it and how successful we can do it and the time scale that we've got. But it should have happened six, seven weeks ago behind the scenes. It might well be that way, but let's no hope it's a fucking middle of June and then it's a rush job and it's get him in all, but we need to pay money for his assistant. Or we'll hang that back for four weeks, then we'll try and get him, and then all the two targets we had, we've missed it, and then you're at a qualifier. That just, you've got to start right. If you start right, nine times out of ten, it will start going smoothly. If you start right, it then starts creating problems and cracks start appearing, and then you might turn and go, we've not learned it until last season. And that's the thing. You've got to learn from your mistakes, and that's I'm hoping it happens this season. And obviously, John, your last thoughts and obviously new win and second spell and future. I think you need to get the fans back on side. I think that's a major thing. To get the fans back on side, you need to make right decisions regarding the future structure of the club. And the, as you know, the most important person at a club is a manager. Get the manager right, and I think everything else will fall in place, and we're we'll back next year. And obviously yourself, Robert. Aye, your dad's right. The fans, if you get the fans on board with the right appointment, everything could go for there. That's they've got to. I feel the only fans have a big appointment. That's my opinion. The only fans are for what's happened. Aye, big time, mate. I think the fans of. Especially during the current times, um, I spent a lot of money and they obviously watching as we've spoken about Diddy streams, it looks like. Um, for some people have probably fucked out for the Lisbon Lions chocolate, which is ridiculous. Again, oh, we're not doing very well. Here's chocolate. Um, record sales are training gear, people are fucking with money. So the fans owe, uh, sorry, the board owe the fans a big appointment, in my opinion. Um, a good summer and a good last eight games to give some optimism going into the summer. Um, but obviously, guys, uh, it's been a, obviously a good kind of podcast to slip through everything, get your thoughts and obviously the future. Um, John, appreciate you coming on. Robert, brought again, mate, and I'll see you again after Aberdeen game on Saturday. Thanks, Cheers. 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 Anyhow. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 